0: What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast where we talk about the circus that is the 0-5 New York football Jets. Today, we'll discuss the Cardinals Week 5 game, including even more questionable decisions by the genius that is Adam Gase. We'll get into Week 6 Flacco time against the new opponent, Dolphins, which got changed for COVID. We'll talk about that a little bit. And of course we have to mention and talk about our reactions for Le'Veon Bell being cut from the team on a Tuesday um, out of nowhere and uh, where the future of the Jets stand at the moment. But Alex, what's for Etcetera?
1: John, for Etcetera today, we're going to talk about the Titans, uh, Tuesday night matchup against the Bills, we're going to talk about one game that I find interesting for this upcoming week. And then we also have to talk about our beloved and also hated Yankees because they were the one thing that was supposed to keep us happy, but apparently they can't do that. So that's what we got for Etcetera today.
0: Oh, man. Um, I'm glad we got some time to let the Yankees uh, loss kind of roll off our sleeves a little bit, but we'll, we'll talk about that and etc cetera. Ricey, let's go. What's up, everyone? And welcome to another Jets episode on the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. And we are sitting here at 0-5, Alex. What's up, man? How you doing? How was your weekend?
1: Well, what's good, John. Um, weekend was fine. Just knew a loss was coming. Tuesday rolled around. I was like, oh, look at this. We got football on Tuesday. This should be a good day. Um, watching the Titans just go at it with the Buffalo Bills. The next thing I know, you send me a text From Adam Schefter saying that the Jets have cut Le'Veon Bell and honestly I thought that was a joke I did not know where that came from and then next thing I know I frantically texted every other Jets fan of mine especially my friends uh, (laughs) in this Jets group chat on what the hell just happened and we're here sulking in misery of being Jets fans.
0: Yo, Alex, it's so typical for the Jets on this, like, you know, phenomena of Tuesday night football. The Jets at halftime have to just send out like this out of nowhere, the, the papers for Le'Veon Bell, have him be cut. And now I can't even enjoy that. I can't even enjoy this weird Tuesday night football game, which has nothing to do with the Jets. I know they're 0-5. I know we stink like just, like. It's it's out of sight, out of mind. At least for the Tuesday night football game, right? We're watching Josh Allen and the Bills versus the Titans. Tannehill, like but, uh, the, the 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 Jets footprints are all, all over the game already. But like they won't even they won't even leave us alone, man. They have to cut. Uh, so they traded uh, they traded Jamal Adams beginning of the year. Oh, I mean, definitely our best defensive player, arguably our best overall player. He got into it with Le'Veon Bell also, and now we cut definitely our best offensive player. I mean, I don't even think it's an argument. I guess overall, definitely our best overall player, right? So, I mean, what? What do you like? Where do? what, what does that even say about the Jets, man? Like, what's going on right now, Alex? Tell us, man.
1: <laughs> what does it say about the Jets? I don't know. I, honestly, bro. Like, if we were on this last night, I would have just. I'm sure people who whoever follow me on Twitter, they saw that I was just flaming off tweets left and right about the organization, specifically Adam Gase. I would have just f- roasted the shit out of Adam Gase, honestly, on this podcast last night. Thankfully, about 24 hours have passed. So I'm at that point where I'm not upset, like just all rage. I'm just laughing at... The the circus that is the New York Jets Because when you go to a circus All you do is laugh and enjoy yourself right And that's what we're getting right now With this team And Dude I don't even know what to say about this Really like we let go of Le'Veon Bell Arguably like as you said One of our best offensive players Maybe Crowder for the way he's been starting off the season But Le'Veon is so talented And We just didn't utilize him Like Gaze just had it out for him From the get go And it was Clears day when we let go of him. Some people are saying that this is a Joe Douglas move. Some people are saying that it's an Adam Gase move. I believe it's an Adam Gase move.
0: Yeah, so here are the numbers, man. 863 rushing yards, four total touchdowns, 17 games, 27 million dollars. That's LeVeon Bell with the Jets. Um that's really the Jets organization in a nutshell, right? Same old Jets, same old Jets, right? But hear me out. Um, and uh, this is not a novel idea of mine. I'll give uh, credit to where credit is due. Uh, Bart Scott today on uh, Barton on on ESPN radio, 98.7. was going off about how this is, ac- this is actually a-, a positive for Joe Douglas. And his spin on it was Joe Douglas is actually doing right by these guys. Right. Everybody knows that he is, that he is firing Adam Gase, okay? But everybody knows that he's not allowed to. The Johnson – the owner controls that in the NFL generally. But – and in this case, the Johnsons don't fire midseason. And we're already paying Bowles and we're still paying mcagnon And Joe Douglas is brand new and Chris Johnson already came out and said that it was a mistake, that it took so long to fire mcagnon because he messed up that situation. He's going to wait the whole season and fire Gase at the end. That's just the way it is. So Bart's, Bart Scott's take on the whole idea was Joe Douglas has taken care of Le'Veon Bell instead of trading him away for, I mean, now I guess we could take it back where Brian Costello from the New York Daily, uh, from the, I guess the post was right. It would have been, <coughs> you know, it would have been an asset for us. We would have, you know, got more if we took, if we paid half of Le'Veon Bell's contract and got that seventh round pick. But in that case, Le'Veon Bell would have got stuck on some whatever random team we decided to put him on. Now, Le'Veon Bell gets to decide where he wants to go. If he clears waivers, we'll find out that shortly. And then he'll be able to – I mean, the rumor right now is the Chiefs. I mean, like, I, you know, how much better of a situation could Joe Douglas put his players in? So the one spin I'll take on this whole thing is I know um, it looks – Terrible. Like, why would any free agent ever want to come here? Joe Douglas is the worst. Blah blah blah. Uh, um, coming from Bart Scott, who is in the know in the organization. He's not just some schmo. Like he, he like he has inside sources. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna believe his take on that. I'm gonna roll with that. From my perspective, it like I know we're 0 and five, and like we're tank, and like you know, obviously it's over. The season's over. Like I get that, but like now it's like we are Detroit Lions, Cleveland Browns. Like back in the day, not this year, like you know, modern our modern era growing up. Like that's what that's what the Jets are at this point. Like we are all in tanking, like we, we need players, which we'll get into, like Jeff Smith to get the ball, P Ride to get the ball. Like like I don't even want Crowder, like you said, to touch the ball. Like he's good, we know. Like it, it is like full on take mode, rookie mode, like Knicks mode right now. <laughs> like, so that that's that, that's my take on like the 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 Bell situation and really aware that, like, leaves the Jets organization at this point, like, sitting at week six and, like, for the future.
1: You know, that's actually a really good take that, uh, you noted from Bart Scott. I didn't hear that today. And, you know, shout out to Bart Scott, by the way. If you're listening to this podcast, bro, uh, thank you for liking our Instagram page and some of our posts. I, I really appreciate that. And, uh, I I like that. If that's the case with JD that he's doing right by Le'Veon Bell, right? Saying, look, we know we're not going to be the team contending this year. You know, we don't want to just waste another year of your career with us because this is clearly now a full-on, as you point out, tank mode. We are in the gutter. We're going 0-16. Trevor Lawrence is where we're going for. So expect Darnold to get moved, and I guess if we're talking about keeping the promise, if we're...
0: taking it easy on all that. Take it easy on all that. I feel you, but I I don't think that's where it's going, but I I feel you.
1: I think it is at this point. I mean, hopefully, like, I would like to see Sam still stay on the team. He definitely has talent. It's just Gase is not using him right. We're going to talk about the Titans game later, but it's very interesting that on the same night that we let go of on Bell. The Tennessee Titans have uh, Ryan Tannehill just demolishing the Buffalo Bills without 16 days of practice, by the way. 16 days of practice, this man is going up there just demolishing the Bills, putting up 42 points, and Adam Gase is talking about, well, if you watch how our team practice, you wouldn't know how what our score is. I don't care about practice. That is the That is the biggest bullshit I ever heard in just like trying to sell something to the fans and to the media that we practice so hard that it doesn't make sense why we're losing. No, it it you're not practicing hard. You're not getting these guys ready. You suck at what you're doing, you're horrendous at it. Just stop. Just stop trying to lie to us. Stop trying to cover shit in just like, you know, in like uh with perfume and whatever. It doesn't work. It's not working here. Like we see the product on the field, okay? I don't need, I don't need, we can blame some of the players, like Herndon, come on, bro. Like, you got to catch, like, Jeff Smith, you got to catch some of these balls, man. Like, some of these things are on target where it just is not making, it's making no sense.
0: Okay, first of all, practice is definitely on the hot seat, huh? Because we're having the best practices ever of all time, and we can't even scratch the surface of the game. Titans aren't practicing for 10, 10 days, and they're killing it on the field. So 16,
1: 16 days, 16
0: Yeah, so I I guess I think like practices on the hot seat, but talking about Jeff Smith, I mean, like Chris Herndon, yes, dude. And he, I mean, here's the here's what I love about Chris Herndon. He's been bad this year. I know it. You know it. The fans know it. And he knows it. And guess what? When he comes out, he says that. Like, that's literally what he said. He's like, yo, that was on me. It's inexcusable. It's unbelievable. Like, he can't believe it. You know what I'm saying? How he's performing. And he's coming out and, and and owning up to it and he and when you do that the first step is denial right and like once you get over that and you understand what's going on and you could finally attack it like that's what herndon's doing jeff smith i mean the guy was the highest targeted guy on the jets this week which is un- which is like unbelievable drove me insane on sunday cuz jeff smith an, un- an undrafted uh, you know, wide uh, high school quarterback turned wide receiver is getting 11 targets on a Sunday, but now that we're complete in tank mode, no problem.
1: Yo, can I just say something?
0: Jeff Smith, like, go ahead, bro. Like, literally, if we want to give the ball to Jeff Smith 45 times now, no problem. Like, that's why I'm okay with this whole Bell situation.
1: Bro, tell me how Gase just draws up 11 freaking targets. <laughs> For Jeff Smith and Bell gets one, probably like one of our best receivers out there in the back, especially from the backfield. He just gets one target, just one, one, just one, one for seven. Okay, and honestly, when I'm watching that game, while I was watching that game, it looked like Joe Flacco. Like it feels like Gase was just like telling Joe Flacco, "Do not, whatever you do, do not throw to Bell unless it's a dire situation. We cannot prove that he's our valuable player on this team. Just do it." Like watching watching Flacco roll out and just having a wide open Bell time after time after time after time again for a check down, which is essentially what he's doing with Jeff Smith, which is like five yards. Might as well give it to the guy who can just bulldoze his way for, I don't know, three yards. Like Bell rushing, right? He averaged four and a half yards or 4.6 yards per carry on 13 touches for 60 yards. Well, good. People are out there saying that Le'Veon looks like he lost a step what are we talking about? He has not lost a step. If you're upset with the uh, the eight call, like with him going on the outside and trying to get the try to get the turn, blame some of the guys who missed their defensive uh, or meaning their blocking assignments. Okay, Chris Hogan, I saw you. You let this guy just get off you. Like you gave him like a little touch, and then he just came in. And honestly, if 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 Hogan just blocks his guy for another three seconds. Bell can take the guy who initially is embraced him in contact and could have gotten the first down. And that's just— Bell hasn't lost anything, all right? The dude was averaging, before uh, contact, 2.3 yards. After, 2.3 yards. The man is carrying defenders for another 2.5 yards. He is fine, one. Two, just like, come on. It, it makes no sense how you just don't throw it to the guy who can just get more yards when guys are touching him.
0: Again, again, it makes sense. It all— like, On Sunday, none of it made sense. And now I'm kind of – I'm at peace now once we – like, once we got rid of Bell. Like, I I, I see it. I get it now. You know what I mean? Like, now you get what's going on in the organization. Like, we're we're targeting Jeff Smith 11 times, an undrafted, you know, wide receiver. Like, at the end of the day, that's what it is. So even though Crowder was there and healthy, you know what I mean? Herndon can't catch a ball. Like, th- this is what we're doing. So for me, I, I, there's some closure there. So I'm okay with it. But on the Le'Veon Bell front and we'll end the Le'Veon Bell conversation with, with this. Where do you see him going? Um, I, I am terrified. Absolutely gut-wrenched and terrified that the Jets are going to be paying Le'Veon Bell $8 million next year to go run the option with Cam Newton in new England. That is like, literally like I I see it coming. I'm embracing for it already, but like, please God do not let that happen. The newest rumor is, uh, the chiefs, which already have Hilaire, but he's a rookie and the jets are going to be paying Le'Veon Bell's salary anyway. So it's not a big deal. They can afford it, which is the saddest thing on earth, but here you go. You know, um, And the third rumor, which I heard, which is like kind of like, which doesn't make any sense to me, but it could happen, I guess. uh, The Bills, Zach Moss hasn't been healthy at all. Le'Veon Bell, Um, they kind of run the same uh, running system as the Jets, so uh, there's that. So those are the three Uh, for me. I would love to see him on the Ravens, personally. Um, I know he was like looking into them uh, before the Jets. Uh, but I know they're also stacked. They got Ingram and Dobbins who they just drafted and shout out Gus Edwards, Tonville high school. Let's go Staten Island. Um, so they're kind of crowded there too, but I just hope you go somewhere where he is absolutely murders it. And he becomes like vintage 2017 Le'Veon Bell for him and for my fantasy team and to shove it in Gase's face
1: i am all with you on all those points okay i hope i want to see bell succeed on whatever team he goes to he clearly has something left in the tank he's only 28 years old he took a year off you know he says he's in the best shape of his life he looks he looks ready to go i want him just to succeed man it wasn't gonna be with the jets jets just did him wrong i mean in the interim on the team we did him wrong as you're saying with uh Bart Scott, it sounds like J.D. is doing him right by letting him go to any team that he wants and doing right by him. Hopefully, J.D. also gets rid of this freaking buffoon of a coach in uh, Adam Gaze. But I think the teams, for me, with regards—
0: Inevitable, man. I, I, I Honestly, I don't even think we have to talk about it anymore. I think Jets fans can breathe everywhere— I think it's like it's a cloud hanging over us, of course, but we get it now. It's over. Obviously, Adam Gase is not going to be the head coach of the New York Jets next year. His contract is up and we'd have to literally sign a new contract with Adam Gase next year. Obviously, it's not happening. So, like, we can breathe on that. And and, and honestly, at this point, it, it, he's not getting fired this year.
1: Yeah, I guess what we could say is what he says, right? He's irrelevant. So um...
0: he is completely irrelevant. Honestly, that, that's the whole thing. At this point, like. He 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 is he is treating the fans as irrelevant. And shout out Rich Dimini, who is literally a, a treasure to the New York Jets organization and us Jets fans, like literal treasure to us. Like he has been hounding, you know, Gase the proper way during Zoom. You know, like the the guy is doing a like masterful direct, you know, on Adam Gase through a Zoom conference, and he's like making him sweat and he he's respectful through the whole thing and it's really awesome to see but he he at this point he, he's had he's had enough he he's seen it all he's seen all the terrible you know same old jets like we don't have to explain to rich what's going on you know what i mean and he can't believe he can't believe Gase's explanations
1: yo first of all don't even know the guy personally but shout out to samini man dude has seen way too much bad jets football for God knows how long he's been through the, through it all. Like you said, dude, it is just like I feel so bad. Like if you have to cover one of these poor, lowly New York uh, region franchises, like my God, I don't know how you go into work every day, be like somehow I got to spin this into being decent and readable. <laughs> but yo, shout out to him. But I, I I I like look going back on where Le'Veon Bell is going to sign uh, cuz I want I want to throw my stuff out there in the into the into the ring. I think the Bills is definitely won, although because because he said uh, Moss isn't healthy. But I think another t- I agree with I, I like the Chiefs idea because they did do that like they did do that. God, I feel like they did that a few years ago, right? Didn't they, ha-
0: they had Shady McCoy?
1: Yeah, they had Shady McCoy. Um I also actually think where Shady McCoy is right now, I actually think Tampa's another viable option too because they wanted a pass catching back in McCoy. McCoy's not really cutting it. Leonard Fournette's not really cutting it. Uh, What's his name? Uh, Ronald Jenkins is not really. Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones, sorry. Yeah, Ronald Jones. Uh, He's not really cutting it. And
0: um, he's just different. He'll be different from Fournette. Like, Fournette is just the typical. You know, Brandon Jacobs running down the, you know, running down or LeGarrette Blunt, get some get some yards. You know, Le'Veon will come out for him, be the typical, you know, Patriots, you know, running back guy that's going to come out with flats and get him like 10 yards whenever he needs it.
1: For sure. And the thing is that uh, McCoy, Fournette, those guys were all picked up. They weren't, I believe they are not major signings. So bringing on Le'Veon Bell is not uh, a big hindrance on them.
0: Maybe it's on the Jets. We got you covered, the NFL, for the next two years. You want, you want the best running back in the league? Maybe <laughs> it's, it's all covered. All expenses paid. We got you. That's what the Jets provide for the NFL.
1: Yep. Coaches, don't even worry about getting an IRS. Don't even worry about getting a 401k. The Jets will take care of you.
0: Yeah, dude, just throw up the minimum. The Jets got the salary covered this year, next year. No problem. You got the best running back in the league. Best health he's ever been in. Like according to everyone, not just him, but like again, I believe Bart Scott and his inside sources. Like, don't worry, and it really brings me to like, uh, like a, a thought that I actually contemplated, Alex. And I'm not, it's not, I'm not even being, it's not even satire. Like, it's an actual thought I had in my head yesterday. Once this news came in, I'm just trying to watch football like every other person, but it's not allowed for me because I'm a Jets fan. Um. Is it possible that the Jets are like closing up business, man? Like MetLife, the the the, the lease for MetLife runs out in 2025, so we, we literally don't have a place to play till 2025. Our owner gave up ownership. Like he did. He, like it's not like oh he transferred or, or he's like playing. Like in order to take the ambassador job and go and work in Britain and live there, he had to like give up all ties to the New York Jets. So like technically, the like. It was just a transfer, but like the, the Jets are already sold. Like the owner doesn't want it. You know what I mean? His fa- Like he did, he gave it away to take this job. So obviously it's not like top priority in his life. They have money. So like this isn't it. It's not like a, you know, Mark Davis type deal. You know what I mean? It, they're good to go. And we, we, we can't, like, we're, we're, we're I, I'm sure they're making money, but like, If we don't have a home and we're operating like this, like, what's the point? I I honestly don't understand. Like, we're just going to tank for 25 years. Like, we're going to tank. Like, the last time I feel like we weren't tanking was, like, Curtis Martin, Mark Sanchez, and those was, like, blinks. But we're just, like, tanking for 30, 30 years. Like, at what point are we just like, all right, never mind. Like, we have no home. We stink. We have no coach. We have no GM. We have no quarterback. Like, let's just end this whole thing. Let's just close up shop.
1: I don't know. Uh, That's very interesting Because I did not know that aspect The 2025 lease with uh, MetLife And I mean To be fair Woody Johnson transferred it all over to his brother Chris Johnson So it's still within the family If Chris Johnson wants to run it But as you pointed out They own Johnson & Johnson That's a money maker right there Baby powder, lotion,
0: I don't know. They just messed up on the COVID vaccine. Did you see that? The Johnson & Johnson uh, didn't pass like one of the...
1: I did not see that. That is... But you know what? They got everything else under the sun that they they own. Band-Aids, whatever. You you go there, you get it.
0: Oh, man, the last thing I would ever do is take a COVID vaccine from Johnson & Johnson at this point. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Based on the way they ran the Jets, I will gladly pass. But getting back to what what... Yo-
0: we're getting back to the the actual Cardinals game. And I know you wanted to. Go
1: ahead. There's actually something I did want to say, though, before we get into the Cardinals game. Um, so I just have to go. I, I love my Jets group chat with my boys. I just have to read Uh, shout out to Chris Cretelli because he makes me laugh with some of these satirical uh, texts. He's just like Chris Cretelli right here. I just want to make sure I got this right. Instead of firing your incompetent coach, you you cut your only star player because he is grumbling at how bad the team is. And you do it so the incompetent coach still has control of the locker room. Cap hit aside, is this more or less what is going on? I said, yes, sir, you are correct. Uh, Bell liked two to three tweets slandering Gase and the Jets. And then Cretelli responds, oh, good. For a moment, I thought my morphine addiction was causing me to lose my facilities. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I I, I get I, I mean I totally see how it looks and how I like I, I felt it. You know what I mean? Yes like yesterday when it happened and I it really but I'm telling you like this like cutting Le'Veon Bell for me personally gave me closure on the season. Like it like I like think about it, like that's not what's going on with the Giants, right? Like the Giants have that same lease running out with MetLife 2025, they're also 0-5 but the same guy the same guy that they drafted the year of Sam Darnold he just got a like a, a really bad season injury right in Saquon mm-hmm. they drafted Jones after he's not looking too hot uh he's a turnover machine and they really and they got a brand new coach in Joe Judge who I think is pretty good they have weapons you know what i mean like and, and they're also o5 so like it, it it's not like it's not it's not like we're an anomaly but i what, what i like about what is going on with the Jets is now I have closure. Like I get it. I know what's going on. You know what I mean? We're going to have a whole new coach. Joe Douglas is officially cleaning up everything, cleaning up the books, cleaning up everything that's before his administration. And like next year is going to be the start of Joe Douglas and like the clock. You know what I mean? Like, and I, I think that they gave it a genuine shot the first quarter of the season. Like they gave Gase a genuine shot and like all right let's go man like you had it hard like let's see what you got like Darnold's back no mono full season like everybody's on the same page like here you go and like this is what he gave is what he gave us oh and five so like it's time to just like sever it all and like end it and like let's move on it's time to look to 2021 we're on to 2021 we're not on to the Dolphins we're
1: on to 2021 that's great uh So you got closure. This is like ending the relationship where like, you know, it was toxic. You're ready to get out. You shave your beard. You start painting your apartment just knowing that everything's over. That's how you feel right now. Is that how you feel right now, John?
0: I've officially ended my relationship with the 2020 season. I am now looking into anything that happens from now on from week six to week 17 is only strictly about the progression of the future for the New York Jets. So Jeff Smith. 27 targets next game. Like, that's what I want. Like, that's no problem. Like, I don't care. Like, that's great for me. Like, and if Frank Gore gets one carry, I'm going to freak out. Like, zero carries for Frank Gore, 97 targets for Jeff Smith. Like, that's what we need to start doing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yo, I hope everyone's ready for the Flacco Gore show. This is really what we all wanted. This is is great, man. Just, you know, I'll –
0: Flacco will make us look competent, and like like I I don't want I don't want us to talk about putting in like Morgan, who we just drafted, and like see what he's got. No, like I have Flacco in there because in order to have your players progress, your offensive linemen play together, have your defense like have like meaningful plays, have your wide receivers able to run routes, like you're you're able to. Be competent with Joe Flacco, so I am actually excited for that next week for, with the Dolphins, uh, which we'll get into. But really quick, what did you like from the actual Cardinals game? Because I know you had some things that you uh, wanted to get into besides the Smith targets um, and the Herndon drops uh, and the Levy, and the misuse of Levy on Bell, which we have harped on. For me personally, the one the one person I'll Uh, really put a star on is Lamar Jackson, another undrafted free agent who had to go up against none other than D hop, right? Nuke uh, had him one-on-one and he did a pretty decent job against him, right? The numbers obviously jump off the page, but just on uh, just like watching the game and watching the tape, he grew, he grew in that, in, in that game. Like he made, he was making plays on Deandre Hopkins as the game went on. And like, again, as I now have closure, right. It was, it, was dry, it drove me nuts on Sunday. I was like, can we just not put Lamar Jackson in the undrafted free agent? Who's on our practice squad on Deandre Hopkins? Like, can we do anything else? But like, now I get it because it's over the 2020 season's over. And they, now these reps for Lamar Jackson are huge. So if Lamar Jackson ends up be you know getting all these crazy meaningful reps from week six to week seventeen in real time playing with, with with number one wide receivers and number two wide receivers, you know, and and with really nothing to lose, that's gonna be priceless.
1: Yeah, no, I I hear you on that. I mean, when we look at the stats for Lamar Jackson, he there was ten passes thrown his way, nine of them were completed, a lot of yards, most of them were D hop. It's a tall order to ask for a guy who was, you know, just signed from the the practice squad, right? Not really, not really much you can ask from the dude going up against Nuke. Very tall order, so he gave it his best shot. Very difficult to do. But the guys I do want to get into, guys that I want to, I like give the kudos for the three, I guess three positives. But I'll give some like honorable mentions. Guy, give a shout out to Jamison Crowder. Another week coming back with over a hundred yards receiving caught 8 for 10 of uh his targets and he also got the TD. Dude was just lights out. Another guy who needs to get some uh, a little bit of praise, Avery Williamson, six tackles, two assists, one into uh and two pass deflections. Yo.
0: Got that into. That made me so happy, dude. I was literally screaming up and down when Avery Williamson got that interception.
1: For sure, man. Dude was playing well and like you got to respect it another guy who's been very good this season the only guy in the backfield the defensive backfield doing his job pulio baby pulio like his numbers don't pop out because he plays nickel so he's not on uh the field as much right but uh the dude just he 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 only allowed there was what was it there was uh he only allowed one completion his way just one like the dude is just like on lockdown, for the most part, who's ever in the slot. And I don't know. You just got to respect that, respect this game. Those are my top three. Some honorable mentions that I just got to put out here. Um, John Franklin Myers with his uh, two tackles. That one sack was a huge try. You know, he just got Kyler Murray. He got the speed demon, the, the mobile quarterback. And the last one actually goes out to the guy who we just uh, let go yesterday. Left bell. Dude had 60 yards on 13 touches. yards per carry. The dude looked like he was ready to go back into the lineup and actually be productive We just didn't give him that opportunity to really do it And he caught the one lone target for seven yards and bulldozed his way for that first down. So Shout out to Lev Bell. It wasn't a star-studded day for him, but he did a lot with what little he was given So those are the guys I really had to point out there for like the positives of this game The negatives throw everything in the trash, bro. Everything. Just everything
0: yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. Before we get into that, John Franklin Myers was has been a bright spot on this team all year long, and not only does that look good on Joe Douglas and the Jets organization, but it also, I mean, it looks terrible on that Henry Anderson signing, which, again. It makes sense that we didn't get rid of him this year because he's off the books next year, and this year is, you know, done already. (laughs) Um, It doesn't count, and the organization obviously knew that before we did. Um, We were probably two, three weeks a little bit late on that. Um, So he's going to be gone, and Myers is going to be a really good addition uh, instead of him. But what really upsets me about the the two out of the top three players that you mentioned, man, in Crowder and Pulio – is that the inevitability of having a full tank season by week five and cutting Bell is that guys like Crowder and guys like Puglia are probably going to be shipped off, man.
1: Yeah, they're, they're probably going to be shipped off. We saw from who was who the, the the Twitter account. Um,
0: incarcerated Bob, who honestly gets it right most of the time.
1: Yeah, so Incarcerated Bob said that the Jets are pro- are looking to trade Pulio and Jameson Crowder to you know teams that are lacking in depth due to soft tissue or major injuries we see that a lot of teams are dealing with injuries this season definitely due to the fact that no preseason no true OTAs a lot of things were cut so no one really was able to get that full contact experience the little that it is just to get your body ready for the full dose of the season it's very difficult just to come in full season and just take 100 mile per hour hits it's Your body's not used to it. You have to slowly work your way up for that. That's why starters do a few series Two quarters the half three quarters. That's why that's why it works that way. But yeah, no, they're probably going to be gone It's sad. They're bright spots But you know what we got to get assets for this full tank mode that the jets are apparently in right now we're own five no team in my knowledge has made uh, come back to make the playoffs, and we are not even the in the race to even make this even interesting. So who cares?
0: <laughs> playoffs. Playoffs. <laughs> playoffs. I didn't want to hear that word for the Jets, like, uh, honestly, until, like, week five next year. Like, honestly, I do not want to hear about playoffs in the Jets. But speaking about the wide receivers, Bashard Perryman, he practices this week. He's going to be coming back to stretch the field. Looks like a hogan is gonna be coming back. Right. Versus uh the Miami Dolphins and Fitzmagic Magic against Adam Gase, who Adam Gase can't beat this team. Um, and honestly, the Jets can't beat Fitzpatrick. So uh what are you looking forward to or what are you nervous about in the in the Dolphins game? Because I honestly don't want to hear all the negatives that you have from the Cardinals game. Like, it's just going to be too much for me.
1: Oh, you know, I'm going to tell you how Kyler Murray threw 380 yards and went 27 for 37 against us. You don't want to hear that.
0: No. Cause like, we are like the jets are officially the, the get right game. Like if like the Cardinals are having a bad couple games, jets are the get right game. San Francisco obviously stinks right now, but the jets and the giants were the get right games. Like no matter who, if you're having a slump, Denver, they can't win a game with lock out just versus the Jets. No problem. You got this. Prime time. Like, fortunate quarterback. So, like, I, I, negatives, yes. I, we, we are negative. The New York Jets are the negative.
1: Well, if I'm going to go by that stupid logic where it's like, well, if this team beats that team and that team beats that team, then we got to be great. If I'm going to go by that logic and this logic is actually well thought out because the Dolphins just routed the daylights out of the 49ers, 43-17, to 17, the 49ers routed us and we're a terrible team. We are dead last in everything. We got rid of our best weapons. We have nothing. Our defense can't stop a nosebleed. Quoting our the famous Bart Scott. What are we gonna do here? Uh the Dolphins are just we're just gonna go down there. Are we going down there or are they coming to us? What's that's the better question?
0: Honestly, because it's uh the, of the COVID situation, I'm honestly not sure. But now that you mentioned it, man, the Jets are the luckiest organization on the planet that MetLife Stadium is closed because there is nothing I would like to do more than show up to MetLife parking lot at nine in the morning, drink until one o'clock and scream my head off right at the Jets sideline from one to four p.m. Like literally, there's nothing else I'd rather do. So they are lucky that we are not allowed in the stadium.
1: For sure. And shout out to my boy, Stephen DeGroat, who said, uh, you know, pretty much the same thing that you're you're saying. He's like the Johnson and the Jets organization should be lucky that no fan are in the stands because fruit, vegetables, whatever will be thrown at them. And I would be like the true ideal, like practice, like player. I'd be like showing up. I would be the first one in the last one out, making sure Gates got targeted with everything. Just this is this is just I I don't even want – man I'm just so frustrated with this team. It, I have no words for what is going on this season. We came into the season, you and I. You had nine and seven. I had seven and nine. We're like, all right, they're probably going to land somewhere between there, right? We got good players. Darnold's back. We finished seven. We finished. Uh, we went seven and nine last year. Went on that stupid. Uh, what was it six and? Uh, I forget whatever run it was, six and two. It doesn't even matter at this point. And it was like, okay, they can do something. will listened to Darnold and allowed Darnold to do his thing. Hopefully, you know, you were saying like he's listening to himself. He's really grown. Clearly, he's not. But can't can't he can't make this stuff up? But I'll tell you what I'm going to expect from this game. So Ryan Fitzpatrick last last week had what was it? This guy threw. For 350 yards, three touchdowns, completed 22 out of 28, uh, 22 passes out of 28 attempts. I expect the same thing because Kyler Murray did that to us this past week. I mean, we could say this is a revenge game for Fitzmagic because let's be honest, every team is a revenge game for Fitzmagic because he's pretty much been on every team. Also, on top of that, this is the same organization that our head coach, Adam. Offensive guru gaze coached, So there's probably some revenge with whatever players are still on that team. So This is just a this is just the time to show that the Dolphins are way better than us and that They're a better organization than us and that they can play and just wipe us like offensively up and down the field. So That's what I'm expecting in this game And defense. We can't stop anybody just would can't stop anybody so I Just expect another game of uh, just being completely owned we are in full-on tank mode if we're lucky enough we get one touchdown
0: i mean yeah that i mean that's familiar uh one touchdown game we'll see what happens man um with this uh, it's really hard to predict how a team will react like are they gonna go on full-on we give up on Adam GaSe. Like and we're just like not doing it. We're not like practicing this week. We're not looking at game plans. We're not gonna do what he says. We don't care. Like we're just gonna go out and like freestyle football. Or is it like we are gonna prove to the world that we're not a joke and we're not bums and we're, we can't go 0 and 16? Like usually with NFL teams, they need to win that first game. Like there's pride for at least the Ofer. Like nobody wants to go over.
1: Practice. We talk about practice? Yeah, man. Practice.
0: Yeah. I
1: don't know. What practice he's running. I can tell you that right now. I don't even know what's going on in practice. There's no way that they're energized at at practice whatsoever. They have to honestly, the the players themselves look beaten for the most part. You
0: Yeah, you could tell on the court on the on the court, on the field.
1: There, I mean, we're talking about even simple drop passes, right? We're talking about simple blocking assignments. When I saw Hogan just not block and just like, meh, it really really speaks to the whole feeling that is within the locker room. No one wants to be there. No one wants to be on that team. Or if they do want to be on that team, they definitely want a new coach. I have no idea what they think of management, but I can tell you that they do not want to play for that coach. There's no way that you start 0-5 and... Like we had, was it Alex uh, Lewis come out and uh, defend Gase? I think he you just needed somebody to to do the nominal. Just like, well, we all stand by him and he's a good coach and he's really been working hard to gear us up for every week. And you know, we just have to execute on every play. It's really on all all of our faults. We're we're working harder pre- and I don't want to hear it, man. Like we all know that it's not like this is the same stuff that we heard in Miami. Dolphins fans were telling Jets fans, look, man, this guy's going to ruin the organization. This guy's going to just ruin it inside out. And they're right. They were right.
0: Yeah, well, honestly, that sounds good from Alex Lewis, who didn't practice on Wednesday for a shoulder. Thanks, bro. Um, <laughs> 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 honestly, I like Alex Lewis. I'm just being a jerk. um <sighs> <laughs> this team! Just me. I like this. Being a Jets fan is easily the worst characteristic I have as a human being. It just makes me miserable. Brings out the worst in me. Um
1: Bro, I sent out. Uh, I sent out a poll asking which team is more competent now between the Jets and the Knicks. I can. I can easily tell you this. Out of fifty votes, twelve percent said the Jets were a competent team, which I am shocked.
0: Saddest thing I've ever heard in my life that the Knicks. Would beat anyone in a competency test. Uh, And that actually makes me very, very sad. You know what else makes me really sad, Alex? The fact that last week my survivor was the San Francisco 49ers, and they lost to none other than the Fitzmagic Miami Dolphins, who we are seeing this week. So, you know, just I'll be, this is the second week in a row I'll be watching Fitzmagic just kind of just own everything after. And, and the only thing that anyone talks about, whether they're with me watching the game or the broadcasters, is that stinking Jets season where <laughs> week 17, Jets at Bills. I drove up there like an idiot to Buffalo, Ralph Wilson, which it was called Ralph Wilson, uh, and watched uh, the DBs point at Eric Decker pre-snap and Fitzmagic throw that interception right to Decker in the middle two times. Not one time, two times. So I'm ready for more heartbreak. But there's one note that I do want to address, Alex, that you brought up a couple times in the beginning, and I kind of let it slide a little bit. I actually do not want the first-round pick because of your rhetoric. And I know the the world's rhetoric and maybe – the Jets team rhetoric, if we get the first pick to get rid of Darnold, either get, send them away for a third round pick because his contract extensions coming up and draft Trevor Lawrence, that would do absolutely nothing for the team. Like if we had, if we put Trevor Lawrence in for Sam Darnold, guess how many wins we have? Zero. It would, it would change absolutely nothing. So for me, Darnold can do it. Darnold has the talent, Darnold has the skills. Darnold doesn't have a coach. Okay, so I, I, I would way rather be the second pick of the draft and, and, like, figure it out from there. Maybe get the wide receiver from Bama and figure it out. Uh, but please, God, do not get the first pick and draft Trevor Lawrence unless you get the first-round pick and you trade it away for a fortune. That I'm okay with.
1: So <clears throat> I'm not promoting that we draft Trevor Lawrence. We've talked about this numerous times. I still believe in Darnold kid has talent. Quite honestly, most quarterbacks who are drafted first overall, very few of them have won a uh, a Super Bowl. So it doesn't really matter who it is. They believe he's a generational talent. My response to him being a generational talent, I would say, I think we kind of over evaluate some of these college kids before they come into the NFL. We Say that a lot of these kids, people were saying, Baker's a gamer, go get Baker. People were saying that, oh my God, we can go down the line of just how many quarterbacks are supposed to be these like elite upper echelon quarterbacks. But the guys who turn out to be elite and upper echelon are the guys that no one's looking at Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, um, Patrick Mahomes. No one was saying that before he got drafted. And like.
0: I, I, while I agree with you, Trevor Lawrence is the real deal, Holyfield.
1: Is he the real deal, Holyfield?
0: Yeah, and he's been doing really well at Clemson for a really long time. There's numerous tape. He's taken down Alabama. He's you know he's taken down the ACC. He's taken down the SEC. He's actually a really good guy. Like in general, he's like a good human being. Um,
1: So then, why not want him?
0: Because the. If we didn't have Sam Darnold, I would be clamoring for Trevor Lawrence right now. And if we even came within a, if we even covered a game, I would be freaking out. Okay, if we didn't have Sam Darnold and Trevor Lawrence was sitting there, it, like we we better not even come close to winning a game. We better secure that number one. But because Sam Darnold is there, like that position is is covered, man. Like he's he's really good. Like Sam Darnold is really good. I, I know it doesn't look like it. I trust me. I know. Like I have been, I will be the first person to tell you, like it does not look like it right now, but he has the position covered. And last year it was the offensive line. That's being slowly taken care of the offensive weapons obviously are a huge gaping hole. The coaches obviously are a huge gaping hole and the defense is coming together. I know it looks like a huge gaping hole, but it is, it, it, it does have good pieces there. Um, and so I think that if I'd rather fill those pieces with premium positions like the Trevor Lo- like the Trevor Lawrence of the wide receivers. You know what I'm trying to say like the best wide receiver, the best offensive line, you know, the best guard if we can get one or not a tight end cuz we have we're paying 19 tight ends to do absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you know like something else to fill our team, a number one corner, you know, at the end of the first round with that Seattle pick. You know, stuff like that. Like, that would be fantastic. And that's how real teams are made, in my opinion. Um, Once you get that, usually teams that get that number one quarterback uh, in the top number one, like, they're going to struggle for two, three years until it comes together. That's just how I see it. For the Jets, personally, like, if they get the number one pick, please, God, trade it. Please, just Mm -hmm. trade it away.
1: So this is the thing that everyone talks about, though, is that you're – we gotta pay Darnold at some point, and he's a big question mark for the team because we have not seen him be successful for these past three seasons. Why not go get the guy who's gonna be on a cheap deal and Trevor Lawrence for four years? So I get that thought process, but I don't know. I, I I'm not there at the draft to be thinking about it, but we'll see. All right.
0: All right, that's good enough for me, man. In the Jets portion, uh, unless you have anything to add, let's go uh, go to the etc. All
1: right, so I don't really have anything else to say. I mean, what else is there to say? We're everyone, get ready for the L we're about to take. Now we're going on to the et cetera. So for the etc. We're going to talk about one this Tennessee Titans Buffalo Bills game because this has just been that game was just crazy to me. They don't practice for sixteen weeks. Tannehill comes out flaming, bro. Flaming. They also don't have Corey Davis. They're also missing Adam Humphreys. The offense was just a little, you know, a little unusual. They did have Brown. They did have uh, Jono Smith. But, dude, they put up 42 points on a Tuesday without 16 days of practice. What's going on here? Like, what do you think of that?
0: To be honest, man, I— I love the I love both these teams, the Titans and the Bills. Uh, let's not let's not poo poo both of these teams. They're both undefeated going into the game, I believe. Yep. Um, so you know they're, they're both good squads, and it's a good game. The Buffalo Bills weren't ready. No problem. Maybe they were doing a little bit of a look ahead to the Chiefs next week. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like that's that's good. For, that's on them. They're probably all freaking out about the Titans and the COVID situation and haven't moved. They just weren't. Their head wasn't in the game. Look at—they're probably thinking about Sunday. You know what I mean? Because like on that Tuesday, they'd already be, you know, getting ready for that Wednesday practice versus the Chiefs. So they probably already had some weird schedule going on. So I, I'm not going to take too much into this game, but I would love to see a Titans Bills playoff game.
1: That would be phenomenal. That would. Be phenomenal.
0: They're built the same, like with the hardcore running, the quarterback who has some feet. They got really good defenses.
1: I would like to see you know. I would also like the matchup again they had last season between the Titans and the the Chiefs. I think that would also be a good matchup too. That was a good game last last season. I would that would that would be fun too. The Titans are really good, you know.
0: Yeah, I really like them. I, I'm a big Brable guy as well.
1: All right, you're probably also a big uh, Arthur guy too, aren't you?
0: <laughs> Arthur.
1: Uh, is it is it uh with the offensive coordinator uh, for the Titans? I don't know who I
0: don't know who that is. Who
1: is it? Is it is it, isn't it Arthur Mollett?
0: That's all, I mean, isn't that, our, isn't that our cor- our, one of our cornerbacks?
1: Oh, sorry. I'm thinking. Sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm going nuts. Um, I'm Arthur,
0: Arthur Smith?
1: I think so. Yeah. The offensive coordinator for the Titans?
0: Arthur Smith? Yeah. I have no feelings for Arthur Smith.
1: Okay, because some Jets fans are out there saying they want Arthur Smith to be. Uh, um,
0: the new head coach?
1: the new head co- the new head coach I mean,
0: This wasn't planned and I guess we could talk about this a little. Do you do you have some early contenders besides the offensive coordinator from the Chiefs that you would want to see for the Jets next year?
1: Not even thinking about it right now honestly, but I'll take give me Bellamy or Arthur Smith right now. These guys are doing wonders with these got with their quarterbacks and the offense. So, those are the top 2 of my list. Probably Bellamy more so, but I'm not even really that far. I'm not even even that far into the draft thinking about, you know, what do we do with the first overall pick? We're not even that close, honestly. We just have to make it through most of the season, but getting back to the game, game was really good. I'm looking forward to seeing those two teams in the playoffs. It should be a lot of fun. Now, I do want to talk about the next game that you already brought up because both the Bills and now the Chiefs lost two matchups, right? They both lost. You had the Chiefs losing to the Raiders and you had The Bills losing to the Titans last night. They're both uh, on the winning side, right? And they're coming into this week. They're trying to get back on track, and I think it's really going to be a good matchup. How do you feel about that one?
0: The Raiders. I mean, honestly, I love watching Raiders-Chiefs games. Um, It's always a classic matchup. Uh, I do think that the blueprint is out uh, for the Chiefs. I I really don't think that they're this crazy juggernaut, and I do think that when the Ravens – face the Chiefs in the playoffs, if that happens, I think the Ravens would actually take them. I don't think the Chiefs are as crazy as uh, as our eyes tell us, to be honest, man. I think the Bills are way better than we all think, and I think the Chiefs are a little bit worse than we all think. I think Mahomes is such a huge deodorant uh, for the Chiefs, um, and, and, and they're not really as um, – They have explosive plays, right? And on offense and defense, but they just rely on the spark. And and it's been there, you know, game by game by game. And you can't knock them for that. It really has been. The spark has been there every game. It's just hard to be consistent for, like, two seasons like that. You know what I mean? Like, it's still going, but, like, I just don't see it continuing. And honestly, man, Andy Reid, I mean, I I know he finally, you know, got over the hill last year. But for the most part, he's known to mess up clock management. he's known to choke at the end, like it, it just last year it all came together finally. I just don't really see the chiefs uh I know they are the kings of the of the AFC right now, but I love the Ravens. I love the Steelers. I think the patriots are are, are you know don't mess with them. The bills are really good, and the Titans are good, like you said
1: yeah, no i can I can get behind all those um. I mean, we talked about the Chiefs at the beginning of the season thinking that they're going to be... I think they're going to be good. I, You know, it's hard coming off a Super Bowl win. Uh, You have that Super Bowl-like drowsiness. I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl this year, like I said. But they're going to be a good team for a very long time, especially since they got Pat Mahomes, who's just arcade-style. And you put Tyreek over there with him. It's just video game-esque. Back when Madden used to be fun. But, hey... Let's move off football for a second and uh, talk about something else depressing. Our New York Yankees. What's... I honestly... Cole it's, did his... It's, it's, it's really sad. Cole did his best job. Really blame Boone for uh, the second game for that little cutesy stint. You mentioned it. You mentioned it that, you know, why did we put... Uh, happened there so it just didn't make any sense like it didn't make sense to especially try to fool the team that originated like the the one the pitcher the starting pitcher in one inning and then switch it up
0: yeah I mean what really bothers me about that whole thing is we were all, all we were all right from the beginning man we we had it pinned from the beginning and I don't think it was Boone's fault uh that it happened but it's Boone's fault that he has to lie to us after. Like, that's really fundamentally what bothers me, right? Like, it was so obvious that they put Debbie Garcia in to fool the Rays, to put the lefty line up against Hap, who he's more favorable against. Like, we get it. And, and it was all planned because by the second pitcher – by the second pitch, Hap is already up warming up. Like, we all see it happening. We all understand baseball. We're not dumb. And what bothers me is the first thing that Aaron Boone says because it failed was, oh – You know, it wasn't planned. It just happened that way. Like, that bothers me. What I won't agree with you on is that it was Aaron Boone's fault. Like, this was clearly from the front office. And, like, it's through Boone. And Boone has to, like, give up the final signature and approval. But it's not his idea. Maybe, like, they all agree to it and it was a good idea. You know what I mean on paper? And I understand it. But I I don't know if I would blame Boone. And, like, there's no way... Boone's seat's even warm because of this uh, Yankees decision.
1: And his and his seat shouldn't even be warm. Come on. we He got hired at the end of 2017. His first full season was 2018-2019. We're talking about his second season with the team, and we're going to pull the plug. Look how long we had Girardi for before we pull the plug. Alright? It's not... No one should be asking for Boone's seat. Yeah, but
0: Girardi won a chip.
1: Yeah, he won a chip. I mean... When did he? When, when did he come with the team? That was in 0-9. So, what is it?
0: And you won a chip in 0-9. So, like once, once, honestly, once you win a chip with the Yankees, man, nothing else matters, right? And I think case in point would be Mark Teixeira. And like Mark Teixeira won the one ring, or A Rod won the one ring, and that's it. Like he's good to go. Uh, we don't care anymore. Brett Gardner, you know what I mean? If Brett Gardner never won that ring. Like we would all hate Brett Gardner.
1: No, nah, for sure. And you're right. Now nah, I'm looking back at it now. We have, we got uh, Joe Girardi in 2008. That means the following season he won a ring. So, of course, you keep him around because you're in the playoffs. They all know him. You're right. But also at the same time with Boone, he's just so early into his managing career. You got to give the guy a shot. We've been in the playoffs with him twice so far. It's too early to pull the plug.
0: Yeah, and Girardi, don't forget, put it together after Jeter with uh, Didi. And that was like a huge uh, feat for, like, the franchise. That was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, just speaking about these Yankees, man, um, Stanton, you know, he's back forever, and he kind of solidified, you know, his beef with the Yankees and the fans. He's good He's good to go. He's here to stay. Um, I wonder what's uh, – we better resign DJ. I wonder what's going to happen with Luke Voigt. Um, I, I, I don't love saying this out loud, and it really is a hot take, but if we get rid of Luke Voigt – for uh like a francisco lindor you know even though luke voigt took us was the absolute warrior for us this year and he played through a quote-unquote foot issue which as we all knew was plantar fasciitis which is insane he played with that the whole year led the league in home runs like just an absolute monster of course he was not able to put it together in the playoffs but you can't really blame him you know it's okay um but his stock will never be higher, in my opinion, than it is right now as the home run leader. And we got him for pennies. Uh, I know he's Cashman's boy. He's like, you know, he's that guy that Cashman, the, the diamond in the rough. So I could see why it would be hard for him to trade. But if you get the diamond in the rough and you get flip him over for Lindor, you know, solidify the, the infield, put DJ as a permanent first with a long-term contract, that would be insane. I'd love to get your thoughts on that. And I'd love to get your thoughts on – gary sanchez's future with the with the yankees as higgy is you know the 250 million dollar man's uh personal catcher and i mean he's obviously better on defense he started all the meaningful games in the playoffs i mean uh, if sanchez can't do that at the play if he can't do it at the defense then what are we talking about
1: okay so first uh, before i get to sanchez the first one was uh voight if we keep voight so, yeah, you got to keep Voigt. Dude has been good for us the past two seasons. So why not keep the guy who's been contributing on the team? I think that's just an easy, clear-cut answer. Just yes. Led the league in home runs this season, as you pointed out. But look, it, you could say that it was it was cut in half, but still. Phenomenal feat for, uh, for the COVID season, right? And you already mentioned it. Playing through injury, couldn't really do it up during the postseason. I'd say bring him back you know, he's been performing. Why not? The machine, DJ LeMahieu, like we need, we need him back. That, that dude gets on base. All right. Actually, that's probably like my biggest gripe with this team. We go for yard way too many times instead of playing, uh, instead of playing small ball and just trying to get on base. Like we, the game is not one on home runs. All right. This is when we had DJ Pettit Bernie Williams, Paul O'Neill, all these guys who are able just to get on base and just knew when to go for yard. The difference is, can you do it? It's great. Knowing when to do it is the bigger, you know, that's the real mental game of understanding the pitcher when you're up at bat. I'm just getting tired of, like, the home runs of home runs of home runs. Like, yes, it's entertaining. Uh, It makes the game move, like, not even faster, but just makes it more intriguing where it's like, Wow, that guy just slammed it out of the park. But also, I think they're juicing up the ball, too. But if anything, if I want to see this team change before I got on Sanchez, because I really have a gripe with Sanchez, they got to start implementing more small ball. Sanchez, I don't know what we're doing with him, man. Defensively, he's way too lazy behind the plate. I, can't, I get so annoyed. I guess we've just been spoiled with Jorge Posada for so long, a dude who is so good defensively and just being able to catch anything, like no matter what, and just being able to get guys out who were trying to steal second and so forth, and just you even know, Russell
0: Martin, Russell Martin came after him. He was a beast behind the plate as well, and even like we had weird guys like Pudge Rodriguez back there for a little bit, being weird. Like we had like we've always had at least all-star defenders back there.
1: For sure, and seeing Sanchez, right? It's just, it's, it's, it's not acceptable. We've ha- runs were given up, bases were given up because he could not, he couldn't field. How are you? How is this our prized possession? And you can't even field as a catcher. That is that you are the next to the pitcher. You are the second important position on the field. You there like literally number. It's one two. Pitchers one, catchers two. Like
0: yeah. Yeah, and I think, I think that's why it blows our mind, dude. I think that's why it blows our mind because we never had a good offensive catcher. It was always defensive catcher, and he's just the complete opposite.
1: Yeah, but offensively, too, like, he's not even, like, making the big plays. You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to be this offensive threat, too, like, you can't just be a wash on – he's not a complete wash on defense. I won't go that far. But you can't, you can't be a defensive liability, and then offensively you're just sporadic. Like, that makes no sense.
0: Yeah. And honestly, I think it has more to do with the calling of the game than it does the defense and the offense, to be honest with you. I think that Cole likes Higgy for the way he calls the game rather than like the way he frames the pitch or that he's like worried about the pitch in the dirt. Like if Gumby Jordan Montgomery is throwing. Right. Like if Higgy wasn't back there and Sanchez was back there when Hickey was throwing nine balls in the dirt in an inning in the playoff game, we would have been down 11 runs. (laughs) For sure.
1: For sure. And I have one question for you about the Yankees. Chapman. How do you feel about Chapman? I like that he can throw the heat. Honestly, though, and this is also just being spoiled for Mariano Rivera.
0: Put them in the same sentence. Never, never, ever say that.
1: No, 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 no. This is what what I'm going with because people were just like clamoring that not that they're the same. Not at all, all right? Not even saying that. Um But I guess I'm just saying, like, we've been so spoiled with someone who's just so precise in pitching and being a closer and just knowing how to get the pitches in there and just making it so deceptive, right? Like, Rivera had that slider down packed, man. Chapman, like, he's gunning it in there. But every time he's gunning it in there, like, I have no idea where it's going. I have like a fear that just going to go like hit some dude in the head or just go way above the plate into the stands. How do you feel about Chapman?
0: Man. Oh man. I, I mean, it's twofold as a person. I think Chapman is one of the worst people on earth, right? He shot a gun right next to the face of his girlfriend in a domestic argument. And then he threw her on a couch of guns. Chapman is objectively a horrible person. Right. And second of all, we know that he's arrogant, right? In general, like his cars and his money and the way he presents off the field and the way he pitches on the field, he's arrogant, right? Like he's given up ridiculous, ridiculous pitches in high-leverage situations and smiles after. Okay, I get it, dude. That's his defense mechanism that he's going to smile. But if you, look at the, if you look at the sequence of the pitches that he's throwing – He's throwing it in their sweet spots on a three, two pitch after like four foul balls. This is like the 11th pitch in the sequence. You know, he's being arrogant. You know what I mean? He's not just throwing them the high fastball. You know what I mean? And like seeing what happens that, you know, hopefully he strikes, he swings on it. Maybe it's a good frame or maybe he just catches the edge. No, he's being arrogant. He's throwing him the inside fastball. You know what I mean? Right in the sweet spot for a hitter. And honestly, Good for the Rays and good for Brousseau who, who got the revenge on, on Chapman. And I hate that it's against the Yankees. And I you know what I'm saying? And I, I I hate that it's the Rays. But good for him on getting that revenge on Chapman. I wish he would be off the team. But realistically, man, he's here for at least two more years. What does worry me is Zach Britton, though, when it does come to the closers and his, his contract's coming up. I really do ho- hope that we could keep Britton – and I would love if we trade Chapman. But I just I mean that it just that seems crazy to me. Uh that'd be lovely. I, I really need Britain back in the bullpen. And I really think we miss Tommy Canely. We really need uh a Tommy Kainley type back in the bullpen in order for us to succeed in the playoffs, man. It was so clear.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that take. Um I think I mean we traded Chapman before and just brought him back, didn't we? Like so I mean, that's the
0: best, that's the only thing, man. I mean, the only thing that I love Chapman for. But first of all, not only did we turn him to the Cubs and they won the World Series, which, by the way, he blew the, he blew up, he didn't blow the save, he blew the game for, for Chicago. That's why they went to over, that's why they went to extra innings uh, with the Indians. He blew that game, if, if you remember, but he got us Glaber Torres back. So f- for that, I'll always love Chapman for getting us Glaber Torres. Like I, that, I can't knock him for.
1: Yeah, that's that's I guess the one silver lining of that whole deal. But no, I I do remember that, and that's where I just get tired. I just get tired of this man. I get tired of like watching him pitch, and I'm just like, what? It's so it's so erratic. I I don't like knowing what's gonna happen. Like with with Rivera, that's what I'm saying. We got spoiled, man. We knew what was gonna happen. You know, we knew what was gonna happen. We knew what was coming. Even when we had uh, who was the who was the setup man for uh for Rivera? Um, was it Roberts? Yeah, Roberts was another. Dave Robertson. Yeah, Robinson, sorry, Robinson.
0: He was good. Yeah, he was good. I mean, of course, yeah, we were spoiled. Um, But it doesn't help that every time we uh, face it, the past couple of years in the playoffs, we're losing to dominant bullpens. And so we're kind of just envious and we're just staring at them like, we're supposed to have the good bullpen, but you guys are killing us with your bullpen. It's like, we're just like, Like you know, verbal mean uh, Squidward, you know, you know, behind his window, and like Patrick and SpongeBob playing, like that's us. Every time, like we're watching uh, other bullpens, you know, shut us down in the playoffs.
1: That's a fact. I mean, I miss Robinson because the dude was Houdini, man. Just he get a full count, somehow get us out.
0: Oh my god, he was on and off. His second stint with the Yankees uh, satisfied me there. But uh, the last thing on the Yankees, um, I'll throw it up to you about their starting rotation. Um, obviously, Cole is there. We have Sevi coming back off uh, the, the Tommy John surgery. So hopefully they're going to be our one and two for a while. We have Debbie Garcia, who hopefully is going to be all right. We got Clark Schmidt, who had some starts at the end of the year, our rookie. We got Jordan Montgomery, who hopefully is able to put it together a little bit, right? And then we have Tanaka, who's on, uh, who's on, uh, his contract's up. So we have to decide whether we want to sign Tanaka. So I want to get your thoughts on that, uh, and I want to get your thoughts on. First, let me get your thoughts on Tanaka. What do you think about that? Do you think we'll get him? Because I really don't even care about what your thoughts on J.A. Happ are. If that guy is pitching for our team next year, like, I am so done with that. Like, he cannot be pitching on our team next year. So I don't even care what your thoughts are on J.A. Happ, but I do care what your thoughts are on uh, Masahiro Tanaka, who honestly is beloved by me and by Yankee fans everywhere.
1: Yeah, I would bring Tanaka back on a short deal. That's Plain and simple, he was—he's been good for us, you know. I know he's had some issues more recently, but like he hasn't been as consistent. But I would still bring him back because I still think he has a little bit left in the tank. Also, we gotta do right by him, you know. It's kind of like what we did with uh, Hideki Matsui. We gotta keep, we gotta, we gotta be good by the guys who, you know.
0: I mean, Matsui, Matsui kind of like went around the league for a little bit, right?
1: He did. But even still, like we still gave him like uh, we gave him a nice farewell. You know what I mean? Like that's what I'm saying. It's a short term deal. We're not having him necessarily retire here, but we're giving him a nice short term deal to just like say, hey, thank you.
0: All right. So let me put let me throw this up to you. So it, it's 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 a playoffs next year with Tanaka's on the squad. Um, say he has the same exact uh, regular season he had this year. You know, average wise, wins wise. You know, just spread out over a full year. Mm-hmm. Um, He's starting for us, you no. Know, with, with with hopefully a couple of new pitchers in our uh, on the squad, you know, healthy too with Sevi, and you know things are changing. Where's Tanaka starting for you?
1: Like where is it? Like between the one and five?
0: Yeah, like say it's a five game series in the DS.
1: Mm, you know, I'd probably put him like three or four somewhere around there.
0: Yeah. Okay, that's fair. I mean, I I, I could sneak him in at a three, but. I really, I really want a metaphor. To be honest with you, like if we can have, if we can have, I, to be, I mean, Alex. As as much as it pains me to say, I really don't think Tanaka's coming back.
1: I don't think so. I mean, I highly doubt that he's coming back. I,
0: I really don't. I, I really don't. I really don't see it happening. To be honest with you,
1: I highly doubt it. I guess, and I'm just speaking from uh, personally. Like, I would like to have him back. Just be yeah. good to him. He's been good to us. You know, he's helped us be competitive. That's how I look at it.
0: Okay. Uh, I guess the last question I'll ask you, just because it's the hot burning topic on uh, Yankees Twitter and uh, Yankee Nation all over yes or no, Trevor Bauer?
1: Hmm.
0: Give him in the bag to be our, our, honestly, our solid number two. And then hopefully Seve can slide in a number three, Debbie Garcia, number four. And then like we have just like a heap of guys at number five aiming for that spot. Jordan Montgomery, Clark Schmidt, all these guys, Michael King. You know what I'm saying? Just all those boys like fighting for the fifth spot.
1: I don't even know, man. I'm so hesitant to throw the bag.
0: Yeah, me too. Me too, honestly. With Trevor Barrett, I'm a little he's he's a beast though, dude. He he honestly he's a beast.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, but I'm just look, man.
0: I know, I know.
1: I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, we throw the baggo at a lot of people. All right.
0: Trevor Bauer is a lot. Like he's just a lot.
1: Yeah, and also.
0: To be honest with you, I love him, but he's a lot.
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. There.
0: I think he would. I think it would be a, a spark, a fire in the Yankees' locker room and the dugout, and he would be, and and he would be able to spell. Uh, arrogance like uh, Chapman walking around, and that's that, that's where I'll leave this et cetera my my portion because I really do think that he'd be able to look Chapman in the face and just tell him to shut the hell up, dude. You're you're dude. he's like yo, dude, you like shut up. You know what I'm saying? Like he, like he wouldn't like, like Trevor Bauer would do stuff like that, and like maybe it wouldn't be the greatest you know way to go about stuff, but. I just like that in the face attitude that some that people with arrogance need sometimes, and I think that Trevor Bauer could like be that spark in the Yankees locker room.
1: Yeah, I would. Uh, that would concern me actually. I feel like that would just disrupt the locker room.
0: That's the concern. Yeah, that's why. That's that's the issue because Trevor Bauer would do something like that.
1: You put two alphas like that in the same room.
0: Yeah,
1: it's asking for a lot. It's really asking for a lot. I, if I was part, if I was, par-
0: those once ones starter, starters, so maybe they won't be technically in the same room, but yeah, I got you.
1: Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> I just see that going all sorts of sideways. Just, there would just be a lot of commotion going on. Don't,
0: I, I just hope we get rid of Chapman, man. I hope, I hope some sucker team comes up, needs a closer, like the Mets or something or whoever, just like take, just take them, dude. Just like, just take Chapman. If the Indians are that silly and they want to take Chapman from us to, like, throw up with Miller for them, so they'll have, like, they'll take Chapman from us, they'll give him Voight, and we'll get, li- and we'll get you know...
1: What or- to the Braves, man, the Braves. <laughs>
0: yeah, Braves. Um, but, yeah, like, hey, I'm really excited for next year's Yankee season. I think we're going to be great. I need Aaron Judge to not be Adam Dunn. Like, uh, that, like that's really killing me inside. I feel like he really has turned into Adam Dunn. I don't think he's going to get the big bag. He's getting old, which really pains me and hurts me inside. I just hope he gets his ring.
1: Yeah, I, I would like to see him get his ring too. But, you know, we'll wait. We'll see what happens next season, see the playoffs. But I think this is a good place to cut it off uh, with the et cetera And with another great episode of the Knicks, Jets, et cetera podcast covering the Jets today. Jesus, I don't know how we're going to do this, man, for the rest of the season. I don't even know how you're alive. By the way, just before we sign off, Ricey, our producer, and, and myself, we are all three of us are in a group chat, and John was just not responding on Tuesday for a few hours. We were worried what happened. We don't know where he was. We, you know, J- Ricey thought he just may have went to bed. I was like, that's ridiculous. It's like 9.30. I don't think he's just—was he just doing way in bed, staying up at night? I don't know. Uh, it, we—
0: I was just try- I was. I was trying to enjoy some football in the beginning. And then the Le'Veon Bell news happened. I ended up going to see uh, the college. The college kids uh, from the church that I serve with, uh, and thank God, man, they, they they were all about basketball, right? Like I coach them basketball. We play ball. Uh, thank God, they don't really pay attention to football and baseball. The first time in my whole life that I've been happy about that, uh, because I would have got eaten up alive. Uh, about uh, the Yankees losing, the Jets Le'Veon Bell, but they, they're they clueless they're just like, yo, what happened, what did you think of the NBA Finals? I'm just yeah. like, let's talk about the NBA Finals, bro, like, thank you like, this is no problem, I don't care about that
1: for sure, so, yeah glad to see they are alive, but we, you know what, we have another 11 games to do with this, so we'll, I'll probably be just dragging
0: it's just begun, week six, we're, we're going until week 17 of this garbage, dude uh,
1: <laughs> I'm gonna be dragging John by his ankles across the finish line after this first year of covering the Jets, but
0: Dude, actually like I, I, I'm used to putting a Jets hat on my Christmas tree every year. Like I have a Jets Christmas hat. I I, I can't do it this year. There's Don't. no there's no way I'm putting this, like, unless like something drastic happens by Christmas day, there's not a chance in hell my Jets hat, my Jets Christmas hat is touching that tree this year.
1: No, no way. And Ricey, I hope you've been playing like our outro music for all of this, but yeah, no, there's no way. I usually put up an ornament, but that's, that's not happening this year either. But like I said, on that note, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Share this with your family, your friends, whoever, even your dog, all right, and your cat. Whoever's out there, they got to be listening to this, too. They want to be in the know. So, please, make sure to do all of that. And we'll catch you later for next week with a Knicks episode dropping next week on Tuesday. Thank you, everyone.
0: Let's go, Jets.
1: I don't know if we could say that anymore.
0: Let's go, Jets, baby. Go! Straight to the ground!
1: Oh man.